I want to start out by saying one of the best ways to prove the power of one of the books you wrote is to explain how we met. And that is, and correct me if you remember it differently, but we were both speaking at the same conference mm -hmm. and I see your smiling face at the very front of the room. And you had reached out to me briefly on LinkedIn to say, hey, we're gonna be speaking at the same conference, let's hook up. And so the first thing I do is I see you there and I go, well, hi, how are you? I do my thing and then we meet afterwards, we talk, I think we exchanged books. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the perfect, example of what you were talking about in your book, Connect to Influence, about leveraging relationships for a lifetime of career. Am I right in that? I mean, yes. what's the strategy of yours to go, you know, one of the things that's going to help me with my career is to reach out in advance, to make sure to meet them, to make a connection, ideally exchange dead tree versions of your book, because automatically, and I'll be honest with you, it worked because I had this on my desk for the past two years <laughs> because I wanted to get you on my podcast. And it was a physical reminder of you. Was that part of your strategy? It is. One, I am a huge, huge believer in connecting, but connecting for your future and not worrying about just connecting for today. So even in the last year, I've been making this extreme effort to diversify my LinkedIn stream. And I'm very forthcoming when I, when I write people. So I've been looking for minority senior level, like CMOs and presidents and executive leaders. And I've been right up front saying, I'm connecting with you so that I can diversify my LinkedIn stream and my network. And it works. And yeah, DP, what you said, you never know. I mean, I now have these, I have uncovered these most remarkable business leaders in Sri Lanka. Amazing content, amazing the things they do. They white label education and they're doing amazing things for me. And I would have never met them if I didn't have that life philosophy. Well, I want to go back to something you said, which is I'm going to put it in my words or words that would be familiar to listeners of the nonfiction brand podcast. And that is you're looking to build not transaction, but relationship. Mm -hmm. You're not for the one time exchange of business cards and see you later. It's ideally, what can we do to help each other out? And not in some type of mercenary back scratch way, but more in a human uplift way. Am I right in understanding that that's kind of the base impetus or the base catalyst for what you're interested in trying to do with your career and in helping others? Absolutely. I've been doing this course recently, not in a paid way, but just for people that have asked on how to hyper raise your networking in the digital space because everybody's been doing all these online Zoom meetings. And it's, it's similar to what you said. Connect with the speakers in advance. Say, hey, I'm looking forward to hearing you. Everybody likes a compliment. So if you don't do it in advance, do it after. If you know you're going to listen to a session on social media marketing, have in your backpack an interesting article that you've just read so that when you're talking in chat, you can throw something in chat that's useful to other people and not about you or your company or your brand. So most of us are participating in a whole lot of events on Zoom lately. And the one thing that not everybody knows is that in the chat box, there's three little dots. And if you click on the dots before the end of the event or the meeting or the workshop, whatever you're in, click on it and it will download the whole chat stream to your desktop into a folder. 
And you can go back to that chat stream and look at the names of the people that were active in the event. And guaranteed, those are the type of people that are going to connect with you on LinkedIn. So you, you take the chat and you can write them on LinkedIn and say, hey, I was in this session with you. I appreciated what you said here. Or maybe you'd like to listen to this. I know a podcast on this topic or this magazine article and be useful. And always when you connect with people on LinkedIn, say where and how you met the person. Because even if DP, and this is really critical, if you don't talk to that person for another year or two years, they're a connection and they'll be like, oh yeah, they're a valid person because I met them in this way. And so that is, again, I am passionate about the topic of networking for your career and networking with people who look different than you, who do different things than you, because it will make you smarter in the end in a well-rounded business professional. Oh man, I love what you're saying because I'll be honest with you, the early part of my career, I was like 90% of people in business, which was hide your light under a bushel, work hard behind the scenes and Mm -hmm. be unknown to anyone who doesn't physically directly work with you on a daily basis. And I never went to networking events. I always viewed them as kind of this mercenary, manipulative (laughs) thing that only oily salespeople do and stuff like that. And I had a tremendous problem getting over that until I realized how many years of my professional career I wasted by not making connections that, again, don't lead to transaction, but lead to a relationship over a lifetime so that, you know, let's play out a scenario. Someone hears that uh, through some unfortunate thing that is not related to your work performance, you're out of a job. If someone knows you, knows who you are, what you do and how you do it, and they find out you're available, Don't be surprised if all of a sudden they're pinging you via LinkedIn direct message or via email or whatever to say, hey, I know someone who actually could use your services or even better. Are you available? I would love to talk to you about maybe joining our team. And I think the statistics used to be when it came to jobs that, you know, maybe not the entry level, but at the the places that you're mid-career or higher, you know, 85% of the placements are referral network. And, And that statistic might be a little out of date. But aside from that, how many people do you know, even on LinkedIn, that are posting on their LinkedIn stream, we're hiring. And if you're not connected to people, you're not going to see those things. So I completely, completely agree with you. And I, again, it's like craziness that I have that I connect with people because maybe, just maybe, I might need them in the future. I think one of my more interesting connections I did recently was the head of philanthropy of the Gates Foundation. And she connected with me. Now, I am not asking for anything from her. I am, you know, hopefully will ping her with some interesting information in the future. But, you know, who knows? And, and, and it's also like, you know, you hate to say DP, like catching fish, like you catch the small fish to catch the bigger fish. And it's the same thing in your professional network. You, you get more cachet when people are like, oh, wait, you're connected to who? And, you know, I don't want to treat it like just a game because magic does happen. Like, like you said yourself. Again, you can think of it as this game that you're playing. It's like you're playing survivor. So you want to have the best alliance possible and stuff like that. You can think of it that way. And certainly a lot of people do, and they actually sell programs based on that premise, you know, kind of like the, I'll call it, and this is not, I'm not trying to be unfair to salespeople, but it's kind of the sales technique people 
that is a style, but there's another style, which is all about human relationship. And all you need is an example of like, um, I'm, I've got college on the brain because my daughters are all going to college now and we've been on college tours and all that stuff. And one of the things that I've always told my daughters is don't just pick a college for the program you want to use or be involved with, but look at the type of people you're going to be surrounded with because mm -hmm. the people you go to college with will be your cohort and your tribe and a source of referrals and reference and recommendation it, just because they know exactly who you are, where you've been, what you've done, because they've done it themselves. I mean, and what is better in terms of recommendation than someone who can say, I know exactly who they are. I have no qualms about recommending. And that happens through relationship. And one of the key things in your book, Connect to Influence, is about leveraging relationships. But first, you have to build those relationships. So how do you start? You've used the example of LinkedIn, reaching out to people cold on LinkedIn. Like, for, for, for example, I love the fact that you said that you're intentionally reaching out to people of color and underserved segments of society or people of, of groups that are definitely not white, male, and over the age of 50. And you're doing that intentionally. How do you even go about doing that cold on LinkedIn? I think it's, you can do searches or you can look at connection. So I'm in the podcast space, you're in the podcast space. So in the podcast space, you need to know Steve Ulcer, right? If you know Steve and you're connected with him, you can see his whole network. So for a few days, I was on a, a, a tangent where I was looking for small podcasters of, like you said, of, of minority. I was looking at women and reached out to them saying, I'm looking for, you know, just to connect with some other female podcasters, just to watch, you know, what you're doing. And if I can do something for you, let me know. And it was kind of a, a joyful thing to see these people who are trying to be content creators, trying to put things out in, into the world. And and if you give them, again, a compliment, you just you make somebody's day. And I don't see it as being intrusive because if it's intrusive, they're not going to respond. And, you know, I have somebody that I was connected to on Facebook for, I want to say, four years. And I've seen her things and she's seen my things. And then when I had a, a book come out recently, she reached out to me because she knew enough about me that I was a person of integrity and had me on her show in Australia. And so... That's why I said you never know and people shouldn't be intimidated. I also am a huge proponent of in-person networking. And I joke and say, my people that I work with, they're like, what are you doing for your vacation? And they make fun of me. They're like, are you going to another business conference? Because I like meeting people. And it's the same thing, DP, when you meet people in person and, and, and you go to networking events, I always say networking events are not Airbnbs. It is not the bar in the bathroom. And I have, I give people tips for, for networking. When you walk into a room, look for groups that are odd numbers, look for a person of one who's standing alone or look for a group of three, because in a group of three, there's somebody that's not engaged. Don't ever walk up to a group of two. They are not going to let you in and you're going to feel dejected. So I think as human beings, we don't teach people enough about, like you said, how to network. I mean, there's networking classes all over the place, but you need to give them, this is the long range view of why you need to do it. And, and here's some simple things on how to do it. I'm reminded of the Broadway show Hamilton. One of the big numbers in it is 
I want to be in the room where it happens. Well, the room where it happens before it can happen is the networking events where, and I, I'll be honest with you, I have forced myself to go to stuff and I have spent an hour where I'm like, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. <laughs> and then walking out, literally this happened to me, walking out, I see someone who does the look in your eyes, look down at your name tag, and they recognize my name because we mm -hmm. had never met. And they beeline over and say, oh, I've been wanting to meet you for so long. And that that one hour of pain turned into a, a fantastic relationship and actually some paid engagements speaking yeah. wise because they know who I am. They're very aware of what I do and they know how I do it, but they had never met me. And the thing that cemented the relationship was the most powerful social medium possible face to face. Absolutely. And you know, DP, there's even at that, you can, if you can get a list of who's going to an event in advance and scan the list, you know, people don't think about, again, dropping a note in advance and say, hey, I, I hope to connect to you. I'm going to be wearing my, my, you know, my red, my red shirt, and I'll be the one at the bar that has the pina colada or the whatever. And it's kind of a human thing so that when somebody comes in, they'll be like, ah, I found you because you said you'd have the, you know, the red dress or the red shirt. And it gives them somebody to connect with because you're not saying book an appointment with me. Let's let's sell. The other thing that I often do, because even though I've written a book on it, and I know how important it is. I can have anxiety walking in, into that room. Everybody does. But when I check in at the registration desk, I literally say to the people at the desk, who should I meet while I'm here? And sometimes they'll be like, oh, let me, you know, they'll point somebody out and say, you need to go talk to this person. Or if I know one person in the room, I don't just hide behind a cocktail table with them. I say, who can you introduce me to in this room? So it's really small things to grow your, it, it's all about the referral network, you know? So when you're at a networking event and you're looking around the room, I've done events with a very good friend of mine where we start together and then we both say, okay, I'm going to work that side. You work this side. And if we meet anybody interesting, drag them over to the other person. This episode of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast is brought to you by my new book, Nonfiction Brand. Discover, craft, and communicate the completely true, completely you brand you already are, now available on Amazon.com. Jay Baer, best-selling author of Talk Triggers, said, The book is outstanding. Highly recommended. A spectacularly useful guide to personal branding that pulls off the difficult trick of being both realistic and inspirational. A must-read, regardless of where you are in your own brand-building journey. To get your copy, head on over to Amazon.com and search Nonfiction Brand. And let's get you all the credit you deserve for the completely true, completely you brand you already are. Wow. These are great techniques because again, the intention is not, I want to make a sale today. Mm -hmm. The intention is I want to make a friend today. I want to make a lifelong relationship today, or at least I want to find out if there's a mesh that we get along because when you and I met, I'm like, Oh, I like Allison K Summers and I want to have her on my podcast. Now I, I want to touch on the fact that you referred to the fact that we both have podcasts. Mm -hmm. Yours is called Disruptive CEO Nation, and I want to talk about that in a second. But I want to talk about the killer application of having a podcast, and that is being able to walk up to people that you don't know and they don't know you, and you can say, 
hey, I have a podcast called Blankety Blankety Blank. I would love to have you on it. Is there any chance that you'd be interested? Who is going to say no? Now, I literally have had some people say no, but mostly it was because I don't have time or I'm writing a book and my head's down working on that. Ah, but they still value the request. Oh my God, because you're walking up and you're not saying, you're not being a, a fanboy or a fangirl who's going, oh my God, I'm so excited <laughs> to meet you. Instead, you're walking up as a peer and saying, you've got stuff to say. I think my audience would love to hear it. Would you like to come on my thing of value that could help boost your career? And you're talking peer to peer, not fan to superstar. There is a big difference. Yeah, there's a huge difference. And I feel really blessed in my podcast at some of the people who have come to me to be on it. I tend to speak to company founders. That's my sweet spot who have a global perspective or who are in other countries. I've interviewed people in over 50 countries. And like I said, it's, it's amazing the similarity in business stories. You know, you, you break down the borders and, and people, you know, entrepreneurs, company founders, business builders, you know, they are trying to make a difference in the world. They're trying to make a difference in employing people and you know, so I just, it brings me so much joy and, and motivation, but you're right. You, you've built, I've been doing it for three years. So you have a little edge of, of credibility when you are talking to people and, and then the connections. So Nicholas Kimla, who is the founder of Sales Pop and Pipeline or CRM, you know, he applied to be on my, my show. And again, if you don't know that business space, it might not mean that much to you. But yeah, it opens doors in a really wonderful way. Yeah. And it's a huge level up. I mean, and you've done a couple of huge level ups. You've got your podcast, Disruptive CEO Nation, nice level up. You've got another level up in the form of, is it your first book? Is Connect to Influence your first book? Connect to Influence was my first book. And then I just released a second book. So bang, you just leveled up again. You are now a multiple book author, which again, it's just another layer of credibility. It's an unlock. You know, if you, if you love to game, the thing you want to do is unlock the next level. Well, you've mm -hmm. unlocked the next level with this new book, which I want to talk about in our second episode. But I wanted to focus on Connect to Influence, your first book, because it's got some gems in here. And one of the things I had to laugh at when I saw it was you appear to think the way I do which is you will come up with an idea or a concept and you will give it a, a pithy little name. For example, I just want to read you this. Let me give you an example of imbalanced energy. A main mistake people with big personalities make is to push too much of themselves out there all the time. When traveling overseas, I've seen it play out in a way that I call the American cowboy syndrome. Oh my God, when I read that, I totally got it. Because I've been in that room overseas where you're just sitting there and then all of a sudden you see the big American cowboy walk in and yeehaw. It's like, oh my God, tone it down. You're making us all look stupid. <laughs> yeah, DP, I, I, I think I've had the privilege of, of working, I always say heels on the ground in over 30 countries for conferences, meetings, events, different business things. And so when people hear that, they are like, well, how, what languages do you speak? And I say, I speak the language of a smile and respect. I only speak English, but, you know, I've sat in Beijing and sat with all these Chinese businessmen drinking me under the table 
having a great time. And I don't, you know, speak a word of, of Mandarin other than ni hao or ni hai. See, and I can't even remember. But I think it's just still DP tribe mentality, right? When we talk about brands or we, we talk about when you're in sales and you're trying to be relatable to people, I think Americans can tend to be overbearing when the reality is, and, and I think this is in my Connect to Influence book as well, is you have to think about how you're reflecting back to that person, what they value and what they feel comfortable with. It's kind of like at networking events. Another tip is, you know, you, you find yourself like kind of standing face to face with somebody. And, and one of the tips I give is sometimes position yourself so that you're more shoulder to shoulder and talking about the other people in the room with the person you've been trying to network with, because all of a sudden that shoulder to shoulder makes you allies. And it's, it's the same thing when you go over overseas is, is how are you going to get to that trust factor really quick? And yeah, so it's, sometimes it's a little less of us and a little bit more of the other person. Well, I love that tip about being shoulder to shoulder. The other thing about that is not only are you allies, you've opened up to anybody who wants to walk up so that if they see you and I've done this, I cannot tell you how many times if I see an open circle like that mm -hmm. and someone looks at you and they smile, that's like, come on over and talk to us. And it's the perfect invitation. And that is the way that you can win at networking without feeling like you're an oily salesperson trying to foist a business card onto somebody who doesn't want it. One of the things you talk about in your book, Connect to Influence, is match styles. And that's exactly where the comment about the American cowboy syndrome is. And you, you talk about the fact, and I love this section in here, my intent is to help people know how to build a feeling of comfort and deeper bonding. But some people teach modeling and neuro-linguistics programming, NLP, as a way of manipulating other people and tricking them. This is not my intent. My intent is to help you establish practices to open doors to new relationships that will evolve to long-term opportunities. I love that. Again, <laughs> Because the manipulative, I'm meeting you to see if I can use the techniques I've learned to try to mesmerize you into buying this thing that I want to sell you that you don't need. I hate that. But I love meeting people and discovering that, oh, we're different, but we're the same. And one of the metaphors I use all the time is that we're all a combination of cake and frosting. The cake's the same, but we all frost it differently. You know, some people are all glitz and pink and bubblegum and other people are more deep, serious, dark chocolate. But the inside of the cake, we all care about our families being loved and loving people, being secure, safe and all that stuff. The cake is the same. So when I hear you talking about sitting down with a bunch of businessmen and they share the same cake, they just frost it differently uh -huh. with language and culture and stuff like that. So I can only guess that these people respond to you because you're already speaking their language, their true language, which is the language that you described as what? Smile and respect. Smile and respect. That'll get you a long way with just about anybody. You know, you go back to, you know, I always say, and you just, you can't avoid it. You have to go back to how to win friends and influence people. Like still one of the absolute best books ever written. And it's so easy to digest. 
So you think about a couple things as I think about when you go to these events, like I've got a bubble and I'm taking my home with me. And so one, if you think about that, I'm taking my home with me when I go out. And so when people step into my bubble, I, I want them to feel like it's, it's home. And I'm a Midwesterner. So Midwesterner US, you know, it's all about hospitality and home. And also there's this piece of when you listen to somebody and they tell you what they do for a living. And I don't want to you know, say it's patronizing because I'm a real, I'm genuine. I have a genuine curiosity about people and what they do for business. And I think that comes across. But if you say to people, you know, wow, that must be really difficult, or you should be proud of what you've achieved in your career, or how many people report to you, is it stressful to manage them? All of a sudden you're, you're saying something and responding them, to them in a different way. And again, you go back to how to win friends and influence people you know, giving people a genuine kind of thoughtful compliment and acknowledging who they are and how hard they've worked in life. And also then asking their opinion or asking for a favor, you know, maybe not when you've just met somebody, but on LinkedIn saying, Hey, can you do me a favor? People like to feel valued. And so whether you're networking in the digital space or networking in in person or reaching back to somebody that you haven't talked to in, in three years, keep those things in mind. People like to be valued, recognized, and, and heard. And, and so if you can insert those principles in what you do, you will get ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because people have shields up for just about everything, but there are certain things that can penetrate those shields. And some of those things you just described, which is a thoughtful, meaningful compliment, not, I love your podcast, but the episode you did with Allison K. Summers, where you guys were talking about the American cowboy syndrome, I totally understand what you meant. And I love that. That's not a compliment, but it is a compliment. It's not, I think you're great. I think your podcast is great. You're complimenting the conversation, which is kind of a, a, a meta compliment to you directly. So some people, again, I'm Midwestern, just like you. Some people mm-hmm. can't take a direct compliment. You look really cute in those glasses. Mm, That's kind of weird, right? But if you say, when you wrote in your book, this specific thing, it triggered something in me and I really appreciate it. That is a fantastic compliment for anyone who put some blood, sweat and tears into a book, which by the way, there is no such thing as a book that didn't require blood, sweat and tears. And I want to hear about that, about your new book in our next episode next week. But first... I want to let people know how they can connect with Allison K. Summers. Is there a website or a blog or anything like that that you prefer to connect on? Well, DP, you're going to find this interesting because my email is connect at allisonksummers.com and it's K, just a letter, a letter K. And the website is allisonksummers.com, but also disruptiveceonation.com. But really find me on LinkedIn and I'd love to, to be connected just to watch what different people have in their streams and, and their content that they create. I so value the content other people create because I know how difficult it is and how much time it takes. And like you said about books, I don't know how you approach book writing, but my theory is I take a whole wall in my house and cover the entire wall in paper and start with magic markers and like white everywhere, like mind map all over this giant wall. And then all of a sudden I'll hit a point in time where I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down and look at that 
and open my laptop and, and start to write. So it's really, it is not a simple process. It really does take time. Yeah, it definitely does. But let me tell you, the proof is in the pudding. And so your first book, Connect to Influence, How to Leverage Relationships for a Lifetime of Career Success, is, you know, you can see it right there. A lot of great tips, a lot of great stuff that you can engage with as someone who's interested in building their personal brand and getting out there and actually leveraging that personal brand via the power of connection and relationships. So definitely check that out. Your new book title, which we're going to be talking about in the next episode is... Building Your Brand, Make Business Happen in a Global Economy. Ooh, sounds interesting. And we'll be talking about that next week. So that's it for this week on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. I am your host, DP Knuton, as always. And I would love for you to like, subscribe, refer, and most of all, review this podcast wherever you get your fine podcasts for free, because that really helps other people find it. And she is... Allison K. Summers. And we'll be talking at you again next week. Bye-bye.